Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. There is nothing worse than increasing your financial bag only to lose it because of poor money habits. It's important for you to learn how to manage your finances and avoid costly mistakes. Get ready to level up your financial literacy skills at the Don't Fumble the Bag Financial Literacy event being held on Saturday, July 8, 2023. This in-person event will take place in Sanford, North Carolina, surrounding cities like Raleigh, Fayetteville, and Greensboro are welcome. Join us for a fun and interactive day filled with expert speakers, informative workshops, and practical tips on how to manage your money wisely. You will learn about establishing a healthy money mindset, budgeting, saving, investing, and more. Breakfast and lunch will be provided. Don't miss out on this opportunity to gain valuable knowledge and skills that will help you achieve your financial goals. Register now and secure your spot at this must-attend event. Search Don't Fumble the Bag on eventbrite.com or click the link in the show notes to register. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. I teach millennial moms how to glow up their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in family, finances, and fitness. Join me every Tuesday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. You will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the lifestyle you desire. 
Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right, y'all. So I am excited about today's talk, um, Confessions of a Shopaholic. Um, If you're a lady, girl, crew, whatever, (laughs) that, you know, loves to look good and loves to have cute outfits on whenever you go on a trip or on a date or to take cute pictures, you just like to look nice and your closet is full of clothes that you've worn maybe one time or that you've bought and have never touched, still has the tag on it, then today's talk for you. Again, as I've shared before, this is a no judgment zone. Nothing that I say or share is judging you, sis, for what you're doing. If anything, it's from experience. Um, So that's what today's talk is about. (laughs) All right, let's hop into it. So As far as me and my story when it comes to shopping, I know all about wasting money on shopping all too well, whether it's clothes, shoes, house decor, going out to eat. Like There was a point in my life um, with finances that I just felt like I might as well get a trash can and put my money in it because the things that I'm buying (laughs) are just so wasteful. Um, And a part of me had to wonder and think, because, you know, I'm all into generational patterns, but a part of me had to really go back and hone into what is the root of me wasting money and spending money constantly on shopping? What is this root of me feeling like every day I have to constantly buy something or creating outfits in my head to go absolutely nowhere (laughs) and online scrolling and adding things to my cart and getting things dropped off. Like, what is the root of that? So I began to think about my childhood and think about the model that I first saw shopping and money being spent, which is my parents. So I did grow up in a two-parent home um, with my mom and dad. And Let's just say that shopping and clothes and fashion and money being spent on those things were definitely, definitely (laughs) um, something that I saw going on on a regular basis. So um, in particular, my mom was really into designer clothes. So she was into your name brand dresses, your name band, your name band, your name brand handbags, um, designer shoes, even down to her car. Like she's had um, at least about three or four BMWs that I can remember. Like homegirl is definitely into the labels and the luxury of the labels and what they symbolize. And then my dad, on the other hand, he was, and still is today. I just visited him this week and it's so crazy. Um, that's kind of where I got the revelation and inspiration for today's talk. But My dad is into those infomercials. So y'all know the commercials that they show, um, showing all the mistakes that your pan makes when you're cooking. It gets stuck. The food won't come off easily and mix. And then they show this pan with everything gliding smoothly. And, you know, they convince you to order today and you can get it. That's that's my dad. He's into those um, infomercials. And they definitely get him... Um, very easily. (laughs) So I can remember as a child, definitely the workout ones like the ab lounge, any type of workout tea or powder or something like 
my dad was convinced <laughs> by those infomercials and he was online, well, on the phone call and ordering it or on his phone ordering it. So like I said, as a child, as a model, I saw both of my parents constantly consuming goods, constantly shopping and fulfilling themselves by the things that they bought, right? So I started to realize too that as a kid, I always desired things or wanted things. Like I can remember watching TV and commercials being on and like, oh, I want that. Hey, how you doing, girl? Thank you for um coming on with me today. I appreciate you. Um, but I can remember as a kid, like watching TV and watching things. Hey, Brie. And feeling like I, I just wanted everything and I had to have everything that I saw. So I can remember asking my mama, oh, can we get this? Oh, can we buy this? Um, going out to eat, I kind of ordered whatever I wanted. So when it came to buying things in my family, when, when I was a kid, I didn't really see boundaries. What I saw was if it's something that you want and it's something that's going to bring immediate gratification and happiness to you, then you buy it. You buy it and you worry about how to figure it out later. So that was kind of the model that I had growing up. And I realized that was my model of how I spent money, especially for shopping when I became an adult. So um, whenever my parents divorced when I was in fourth grade, we moved here to North Carolina and my mom pretty much, you know, became a single parent. So for single moms out here who may know, and like I said, I grew up with a single mom, you know, finances are a lot different for one um, income than two incomes. So when we moved here, you know, my mom and dad had divorced, but um, Brie, I see you said you can relate. Yes. <laughs> so whenever we moved down here, y'all, like my mom didn't switch up her lifestyle. <laughs> and keep in mind, she was a teacher. So single mom, teacher salary. We moved down here from North Carolina, divorced, and homegirl did not switch up her lifestyle. She continued to have, you know, the luxury BMW cars. She continued to shop. My mom was the type that would have like shopping bags in her trunk that she was trying to hide <laughs> from my stepdad, or she would sneak off, you know, and go shopping and get her some things and pull something out like, Mom, when did you get this? You know, and it was from weeks ago. So she was she was that shopaholic, right? Shopaholic Anonymous. She needed it. Comment in the chat if you can relate, especially with Amazon and stuff now. Like, it's just so easy to online shop. Your card information is saved. It's nothing, right? So, so that was my mama at that time. And again, this is what I'm seeing. So... Like I said, her lifestyle that she had, this new lifestyle of being a single mom, did not match the luxury items that she was purchasing. Like, it, it just didn't match. The house that we stayed in, not saying we stayed in a dump, but if you are buying luxury items and your home is not a luxury home, to me, stuff like that just doesn't match. And again, you know, my whole thing lately has been mindset and the why behind why we do things. So we'll dive deeper. Y'all stay tuned for that. So um, definitely, I will say a, a visual of her buying those things. As an adult, I see that it symbolized her worth. That if she had this luxury car and these luxury clothes, that it meant that she was worthy. It meant that she was somebody and of status and of value because she had these items, right? Um, but 
the revelation that I had and the mindset shift that I've had for luxury items, and don't get me wrong, I have a coach wallet. I have, you know, microcores bags and things because they are good quality. But the issue comes in when you start to attach your value to it and you start feeling like I'm getting ahead of myself on my notes, but you start feeling like you're better than people because you have it. Or if you have designer and somebody doesn't, that they lame and you doing better than like, that's what I'm getting at. So if, if when you buy designer things or luxury items or when you shop, and you feel like you're better than somebody, that's a mindset shift that you really need to look at and maybe go back kind of like I did, like, okay, where did the root of this come from? Why do I feel like if I have these things that I'm better than people and they need to set their stuff, they need to step their game up and buy these things as well? Because let me just be real with y'all. Social media is so easy to put out what you want to put out and portray what you want to portray. I know people that can go to a designer store and take pictures and stuff on their phone, like they're getting ready to buy this stuff and they're not, or take pictures of it in the dressing room and they don't get it. But it's all to show that status um, on social media or to prove to somebody like, oh, I got money. And I will say too, for the black culture, we love to show our value in the things that we wear and our possessions. When, you know, most white people don't necessarily show their their value that way. They show it in other ways with investing, with property, with buildings. It's very rare that you see um, white people or even other cultures like Asians that show their wealth on their bodies and in their assets and what they have to stunt on other people. So that's something, a mindset shift that we as a community need to, you know, really look into and heal from. All right. So back to my notes. So I will say, you know, when I became an adult, like I said, I used to just find myself planning outfits in my head, y'all, to go absolutely nowhere. Like I didn't have a party or an event or anything on my agenda. I would just be sitting around like... If I got these jeans with this shirt and then I can get those shoes, that'd be cute together. And then I'll end up on some um, clothing website or shoe website scrolling, adding stuff to my cart and ordering it. Or before online shopping got big, I would just go to the mall and, and walk around and window shop and end up picking up this shirt or these shoes or these pants just because with with no plan to go anywhere or to do anything with it. When I had a closet full of stuff, some stuff with tags on it, some stuff I only wore one time and didn't think about, you know, so it was like, why am I in here constantly consuming things when I don't have anywhere to go and I still have stuff at home that I haven't even wore, right? Just looking for something to do <laughs> and just doing stuff with my money. So... I would buy outfits, not wear them, you know, have them sitting in my closet in hopes for this event that was coming up, right? Um, And here's a a crazy story, y'all. So when I was 17, I had took a girl's trip to Atlanta with my friends, right? And we went to the mall in Atlanta. Everybody knows about, um, you know, the shopping and the style in Atlanta is a big thing. So we went to the mall and there were these um, Jordans that came out. Now, I will say, as far as, you know, the sneakerhead community, that's not me. And I've accepted as an adult that I'm not a sneakerhead and it's okay. 
But <laughs> at this point, when I was 17, you know, with my friends, I felt like, oh, I got to show out and act like I'm really interested in these shoes. Um, so I'm going to buy them and get them. Y'all, we were only there for three days. This was like the first or second day that we were in Atlanta. And I ended up spending the rest of the money that I had for that trip, like $200, on these shoes. So here I am walking around the mall with this bag of shoes. And this guilt is just weighing over my head like, you just bought them shoes. That's the rest of your money for this trip, Tari. You haven't ate nothing. You still have to go back home. Y'all are still supposed to be doing stuff. And you just spent the rest of your money on the shoes. What are you going to do? So I'm walking around with the bag like, I'm going to be so embarrassed if I have to go back and return these shoes right now. So I'm going to just hold on to them. Y'all, <laughs> that pride, that pride definitely had me looking silly. So I kept the shoes and like we went back to, um, we were staying at my friend's family house and you know, it came time to eat. They talking about going out and stuff. And I'm sitting here looking crazy, twiddling my thumbs like, I ain't got no more money left, <laughs> but I got these brand new shoes. <laughs> so eventually I had to say something like, all right, y'all, I end up spending the rest of my money on these shoes. So if we're doing anything else, I may have to go back and return them. And when I say humble pie, <laughs> like I was so embarrassed by that. And here I am, I'm I'm 30 years old and I still remember the feeling of that. It was a, a series of emotions. So first and foremost, the emotion that, dang, you know, I want these shoes because they hot and everybody like them, but I don't have enough money to buy them. And the emotion that, Everyone's into sneakers, so I have to be a sneakerhead and get me some. And the emotions of being embarrassed to return them and to speak up and say, y'all, I just spent the rest of my money on these shoes. I don't got no more money left, right? So that was just a wave of emotions, a level of things that I had to really look at. And when I look back now, it was all about people pleasing, it was all about fitting in. It was all about trying to appear to be at this financial status at 17 years old. Like, who who do I think I am? <laughs> what did I think was going on, right? But in the moment, I felt like that's what I wanted to do or what I needed to do to appear cool, right? So, um, like I said, I was ashamed and eventually had to return them. Um, and even in my parenting style with my son when I was a teenager and I look at my shopping and spending habits, like I would buy him any type of new J's that came out. I was constantly buying him clothes, buying him toys, decorating his room and doing all these things, feeling like I'm a good mom because my son is fly or I'm a good mom because I stay up to date on fashion for him. He ain't going to be out here looking crazy. My son going to be on it, right? You know, these are all the thoughts that I had. But then again, it goes back to me trying to dress him up and present him in a way to the world that says, okay, his mama makes sure that he dressed nice or his mama makes sure he got designer. You know, and at the end of the day, all that stuff that we buy for our kids, especially like 10 and under, like the five-year-olds, four-year-olds, like they don't care about that stuff. They don't care anything about that stuff. 
They care about it in the moment, yes, but long-term and relationship-wise, that stuff doesn't matter for the relationship. Excuse me. Buying those items doesn't create more connection or make them love you more. It's just something that you bought that they can put on their body and go out and about for the day, right? It doesn't add any value to them. It doesn't add any value to their life or to y'all's relationship. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with buying these things if you're able to afford them. If you dressed um, in designer and you want to put your kids in it, that's fine too. I'm not saying not to do that. We're just looking at the mindset and the motive behind it and really having to be honest with ourselves, right? And I'm going to go a little deeper into why when buying these things may be an issue for you, some signs that you can look for, some signs that you can look for, all right? So um, let me get to my notes here. So yes, that leads me to my next thing. (laughs) So I have four signs that you can um, pay attention to in your spending habits that will let you know if you're a shopaholic, right? So the first one is if you find yourself missing bills to shop and buy clothes. So if your light bill is due and your rent is due or whatever bill, but there's this party coming up and you want to get your hair done, some weave, or you want to buy this specific outfit and these shoes and you miss your bills to buy those things. Since that might be a sign that you are a shopaholic and may need to do some mindset shifts as far as what you're spending your money on and why, right? Because that goes to show that your priorities are are out of order. No piece of clothing should come above a bill that is due, especially like your rent or your car payment or your light bill. Like that's stuff that your family needs. That's stuff that your kids need. You need a guaranteed place, (laughs) Um, to live and sleep. It is not a guarantee or it's not a requirement for you to have the latest shoes or this brand new outfit to go somewhere, right? So that's number one. If you're missing your bills to shop and buy things, that's a sign that you might be a shopaholic, right? Um, The second sign is if you have a hard time um, giving things away that you buy. So um, some of y'all, have y'all heard of the show Hoarders on Hoarders? One of the biggest things that the um, participants on that show deal with is the ability to let things go. So over time, they have collected so many things, so many items to where it could be something like this lighter. And they don't want to give it away because their grandmother gave it to them when they were a kid. And it means so much. So if you're emotionally attached to items and things that you buy and you have a hard time giving them away, that might be a sign that you are a shopaholic, especially if it's items that you know you're not using. If it's clothes and shoes that you ain't touched in years or months just sitting in your closet, and when the idea to give it away is presented and you like, "Mm, no, red flag, red flag, possibly you are a shopaholic. Um, The third sign that you may be a shopaholic is if you attach your worth and status to the items that you buy. So you feel better than others um, based on the items that you have, or you feel like others are lower than you because they don't have those items. Um, And I did kind of touch on that earlier. 
But another thing I will say is we have to stop pocket watching people um, and what they're doing with their money to determine the status that they are. We need to mind our business for one, and it doesn't and and it doesn't matter what people have and what they're doing with their money that proves anything. So if somebody isn't into designer and they aren't buying things, maybe they don't have the money to buy it, right? So they don't. <laughs> they're being responsible. Why would someone go out and buy a designer if they can't afford to or if they have bills and things due, right? Why would they do that? So don't try to push off, you know, negative perceptions on people like, oh, she broke because she don't be behind this or she broke because she don't wear her hair like this. Like, quit pocket watching, <laughs> stay in your lane and your wallet and your bank account, and don't try to compare that to other people, right? Just just worry about you and your stuff. And on the flip and on the flip side, if you are someone that, you know, desires to buy these items, but you don't have the finances, you aren't doing anything wrong if you don't buy those things. If you're not shopping for those things, you're being responsible. And don't look at people that have them and feel like they're better than you or you're not doing something right because you aren't buying certain clothes and shoes. There's a scripture in the Bible, I should have wrote it down, that says, um, you know, pagans worry about what they will wear and what they will eat. You know, like God doesn't want us to worry about those things because they're minute. And then it goes um, another step and says, look at the flowers in the garden, how they are dressed daily without effort and taken care of daily without effort. Like a flower can't get up and go take care of themselves. God has created flowers and the earth for things to work and take care of them. So if he'll take care of flowers and birds and stuff out here in this earth, how much more precious are we? I need to find that scripture. How much more precious are we to him than those things, right? So that's just the biggest thing. If you don't get anything, <laughs> I just want you to know your value is not in what you wear on your body. Because at the end of the day, all of that stuff is cloth and thread and and silk and material that can be damaged. It can be destroyed. It can be lost. It doesn't bring any type of value to your family. It doesn't bring any type of assets. It doesn't teach you anything. It's simply a tool or a material for you to put on your body. That is it, right? Um, and the last thing that might be a sign that you're a shopaholic is if you cannot resist the urge to not buy and you create excuses. So like lack, lack of self-control. So if you see this shirt in the store and you justify to yourself, you know what? I need this shirt because blah, blah, blah. And you come up with a reason why you need that shirt, knowing that you don't need that shirt. <laughs> That's a sign that you may be a shopaholic. If you frequently come up with excuses and validate your purchases. So this really is like, big girl panties, maturity, self-reflection moment. Like you have to have your con these conversations with yourself and ask yourself these questions. That's the biggest thing that helped me um, when it comes to shopping. So I would ask myself, where are you going? Why do you need this item? How many times can you wear this item? So I try to buy things that I can pair with multiple things. Bree says, okay, she's a shopaholic. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all right, girl. It's all right. We're here for support. We're here for support. <laughs> it's not just you. But um, I try to ask myself these questions like, where are you going? How many items can you pair it with? Um, what other responsibilities do you have going on before you buy this thing? So it's all right. Bree, I got you, okay? So I've got five tips that will help you to reduce your shopaholic behaviors, all right? Five of them real quick, and then we're wrapping up. The first thing you can do is don't save your card information to your phone or your computer. So you know how you put your card information in at checkout, and then it'll ask, do you want to save this information to your phone? Click no. No, no, no. You don't want to save it. Because the easier access you have to your card, the more likely you are to online shop unnecessarily. So I don't have any of my cards saved on my phone at all. I always click no when it asks. And sometimes, you know, you'll put stuff in your cart and then you look around like, dang, man, I got to get up and get my card. Sometimes that has saved me money from being lazy to get up and get my card. So I'm like, oh, I'll get it later, right? So don't save it because laziness can save you in that moment. If you don't have your card and you got to get up, that can save you at checkout, sis. It can save you. Um, also, if you know your, your card number by heart, consider getting a new card and not saving that one to your phone, right? So there was a point where I knew the numbers. I knew the front of the card. I knew the CVC number. I knew the expiration date. I didn't need to get up because I knew it by heart, right? So if you find yourself in that position, try to consider updating your card, getting a new card, starting fresh, and try not to remember those numbers. I don't know any of my card numbers by heart anymore. I physically have to get it and put it in, right? And they're not saved, so that is helping me. Um, a second thing you can do is unsubscribe from um, sale promotions that come to your emails from some of your fam your favorite stores. So I know like Fashion Nova constantly had, you know, 30% off now. Old Navy has a lot of stuff. Honestly, a lot of these shopping stores are constantly sending out email marketing ads and deals and coupons. So if stuff like that is tempting to you to make you online shop, consider unsubscribing from them. Just because they're having a sale on these things does not mean you have to buy them. And I will say for me, um, as a salesperson, <laughs> on the other end of it, I look at the marketing strategy behind things. Like, clearly this is clickbait. They just want me to, you know, click it and, and buy something, right? It's not necessarily a sale, they're just trying to lure me in to get something. So I, as a as a seller, I see that on the other end of it, right? If you don't want to, you know, end your promotions, consider getting those emails sent to like a spam email, right? So like I have an old Yahoo account that all of those um, shopping promos go to. Fashion of it with text. Yes, girl, they will text and email you. It's all a part of the marketing game. They want you constantly seeing sale, 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 and make you feel like that you're saving money, but you're not because you're spending it, <laughs> right? So um, like I said, I have an old Yahoo account that all my shopping emails and promotions go there. 
And it's very, very rare that I log into that email account. So I'm not seeing that stuff, right? And then if it's a specific store, I think of like, um, I have to do school shopping soon for my kids at Old Navy. I'll specifically go to that email and look for the promos for Old Navy because now I'm ready to use them. But if you have them coming to your text messages and your regular emails all the time, you're more tempted to give into it and shop with them. All right, so first thing, don't save your card information. Try not to remember your number. Second thing, unsubscribe from sale promotions. The third thing you can do is track your shopping expenses for one month. Now, again, this, like I said before, this is that big girl panties, uh, self-reflection moment. If you track your expenses to see, okay, how much am I spending on clothes? How much am I spending on shoes? Some of y'all that might not even be that. I know for me, I had a period where I was shopping on house decor, like just constantly in Hobby Lobby or Marshall's back there in the house section, picking up this and that, you know, a little bit at a time, but it's adding up over time. And yes, that thing is only $7 in the store. And yes, it might be three for 10. But if you keep doing that over time, it's adding up and you don't really know the number as a whole until you look at it. So I suggest that you start tracking specifically your shopping expenses for one month and review those numbers, right? Yes, they get everything. Yes, Going out to eat and house decor. Yes, those are like the top two things. Because, you know, I'm into clothes, but that's more of my weak spot. That house decor and food. <laughs> yes, Brie. All right, so keep track of your expenses. This will just be that eye-opening moment for you. And tracking expenses makes you aware of your spending. So if you know that you've got to look at this total number, It makes you a little hesitant to swipe your card as much because the goal at the end of the month is to have that number as low as possible, as low as possible, right? Um, Or to have that number for for more necessary purchases and not just buying just to be buying, right? I know retail therapy is a thing, but retail therapy can put us in debt. Hey, sis. Um, retail therapy can have us missing bills and out here looking crazy. Yes, it helps you in that moment. You feel good, but when bills are still due every month, every week, something is due, right? So just keep that in mind. Um, the fourth thing you can do to reduce your shopaholic behaviors is to sell some of your clothes or give them away. Um, the clothes that you hardly wear. Now, I will say I've, I'm into, you know, giving and things like that. So that's not really hard for me. I will go through this closet, my closet and my kids' closet, and I will get to pulling stuff out unused, unworn, too small, too big, whatever the case is. If it's not used or can't be used, I'm getting it out of my house. And, you know, I'm here in North Carolina. We have these bins in certain parking lots. Some of y'all may, may have seen them where you can drop your clothes in to donate. That's my favorite thing ever. I don't I don't mind, you know, doing um like Salvation Army and stuff. I know you can do like your tax write-offs. I'm, I'm not really into doing the, all those steps. My biggest thing is just to get it out my house, <laughs> right? Or I know I have um, a friend who they have a son 
who is maybe like two, three years younger than my oldest. So for a few years now, all of his stuff that's too small, I end up, you know, giving to her, seeing if she needs it or can use it. So, and again, you can sell your clothes. I've sold stuff on Facebook Marketplace. You can take a picture, post it real quick. Hey, only worn one time, never worn before. Those usually sell good stuff. You still have tags on. Um, there are like little thrift stores that you can donate or some that will buy the clothes from you. So if you find yourself, you know, with the overload of stuff that you've collected over time, start to go through some of that stuff, see what you're not using and either sell or donate it to somebody. It can be a blessing. And honestly, a lot of my clothes, I have a friend who does overshop. She's not on this live, but... (laughs) I have a friend that overshops and a lot of my work clothes and things have come from her closet. Stuff that still got tags on it where I'm like, girl, let me see what you got going on. And I use them and wear these things, right? So don't underestimate um, that. And the last thing you can do to reduce your shopaholic behavior is try not to spend money that you don't have. So I know a lot of times, and this was my mindset for money, especially when you're living paycheck to paycheck. So you have your summer money from your first paycheck and you buying stuff, planning on putting the money back from your next check that you get. And if we can be honest, it typically does not go that way. (laughs) When we get that next check, We're not putting nothing back. We're continuing to spend it on other things. So it just becomes this snowball of overspending, right? So if you've got a set amount to the side for your bills that are due and you're wanting to do this shopping, but the math ain't mathing, well, then sis, you can't get it. (laughs) You can't do shopping. So don't spend money that you don't have. If you do have extra money that you can use towards it, okay, cool, then do that. But don't spend money that you don't have, all right? All right, y'all, so that's all I have for y'all today. Thank you for tuning in. Just a few quick announcements, so don't log off yet, all right? If you have not, please sign up for my email list. Um, The link is available in my bio. It's the first little link tab that says join email list, join my email list. All you have to do is put your email in. It'll send a confirmation to you. You say yes, and you're in place to start receiving some free goodies and resources that um, I'm sharing out exclusively to my email list. Um, If you are not following me, if someone has shared this video with you, please follow me on Instagram. Just tap the quick follow button. Um, And if you listen to this video and it was a blessing to you, if you have a homegirl, both of y'all are shopaholics and talk about shopping, share this with her. Share this with somebody that can use it. If you got a homeboy that's into shopping, send this to him too. Share this video out. Um, and last but not least, I've been sharing money tips, you know, for the past two weeks. And July is our money month. So all things money management, saving tips, um, monthly money planning, all those things. So I have a resource for you called How Not to Fumble the Bag, right? We don't want to fumble our bag. Um, And that link is in my bio as well. It's called How Not to Fumble the Bag. So you will get um, a live video of me giving some money tips. I'm going to upload this on there as well. And I'll be adding new videos um, as they come throughout the week. 
you will get a weekly um, money savings challenge. So it's a chart to be able to save $1,000 at the end of the month if you want to save weekly. And then I have a chart to save $1,000 at the end of the month if you want to save monthly. I have also included a resource um, with some YouTubers, influencers, and books that have helped me um, along my financial money mindset journey that's gotten me in, you know, the mindset to, you know, start to do better with my money and give me tips and things and resources for that. So you will get that as well. And you will also get um, quick little like real videos that I've worked on um, for monthly money planning. And there was another one. It was three tips for something. But yes, yeah, so it's just a bundle of resources. Y'all click the link, check it out, inbox me if you have any questions about it. Um, I'm here to help, here to give. And I pray that today's talk was helpful for y'all. I appreciate the engagement, y'all. Um, talking with me, being back with me, commenting, that really helps <laughs> me over here. I know I've been doing it for a while, but I can still get nervous sometimes. So I appreciate y'all's support. All right. That's all I have for y'all. Have a good night and I will see you all next week. Bye.